The Tumbling Saber Podcast is a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. Subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts. Visit our base at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome back. It's time for another episode of the Tumbling Saber podcast, the last of 2019, as we prepare to say hello to a brand new decade. I'm Kyle. I'm Michelle. And I'm Murray. Welcome back, everybody. It's It's been one heck of a decade, hasn't it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. For us Star Wars fans, it has been an absolute blast, I think. It's been one wild ride. It's had some it's ups and downs. It's been intense. It's been disheartening. It's been amazing. Uh, if you, if you had to uh, if you had to assign one word to this to this decade, actually no, let's stay with this year. Give your give assign twenty nineteen one word, Marie. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. That's uh, that's a good one. Hyphenated. I'll let it go. <laughs> Michelle, one word for twenty nineteen. Baby Yoda. Uh, I will say astonishing in all permutations and possible contextual uses of the word. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Oh, wait. I I take, well, I don't take back baby Yoda, but um, as an, as a aside on Twitter, I picked my word of the year was wow. That was already. I already like announced that like two days ago. That's why I picked Baby Yoda today. Yeah, you okay. did say wow. You did, yeah, because yeah, you were you were a little bit late in getting to Rise of Skywalker. Yes, and because it, I was in the woods. You were, you were stuck in the as I heard you were like stuck in the woods, stranded without cell signal, surrounded by coyotes, yeah. coyotes and deer and king snake. I saw a wild slug. Uh, there's a lot of ticks. Um, oh, <laughs> and uh, we had I forgot my tick spray in the car, so that was fun. Which and was like forty no miles tick- away, right? Yeah, like more like probably like twelve. Okay, even that's exaggerating. Like probably like seven or eight, but like still, it was pretty aggressively far, and like I had to hike through like terrain where I was injured and so was my significant other like literally like bleeding so have have you ever seen I mean this movie was intense but have you ever seen uh Lone Survivor no Mark Wahlberg and a bunch of other people oh wait I've heard of it but I have I don't think I've seen it I haven't honestly I've only seen like vintage like Mark Wahlberg like circa like fear with Reese Witherspoon like that was like the best Mark Wahlberg (laughs) like vibes for me like obviously that says a lot about me as a person that is like attracted to that Mark Wahlberg who's a little creepy stalkerish. I mean, explains a lot about some of my exes, but anyway. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did have an ex who broke into my house. So there's that. Anyway, let's move on. 
<laughs> yeah, just well, yeah, just li- listen to your camping story and then like hiking back to your car and you're injured and yeah. one, like somebody Crazy. shot. It's like the, watching Lone Survivor is a tough watch. I don't know if anybody out there has seen it, but I had a tough time getting through that. Just it was so, so visceral, and because you knew it was also a, a real story, a true story. It yeah. made it that much yeah. harder to watch. Oh, oh God. It's like 127 hours, like, vibes. Like, I can't. That If I want to ever continue to, like, backpack, I don't think I could ever watch those movies. Like, Yeah, yeah probably no. not. It's probably, not, probably yeah. not a good idea. I mean, even, like, Reese Witherspoon, Wild, like, the Cheryl, like the movie based on the Cheryl's Trade doc, like, book that's a biography or whatever, I don't know, memoir of her, like, hiking the Appalachian Trail, like, that like there's like this scene of Reese Witherspoon because she hiked it with like new boots that she'd never used and hiked in before. So her like feet are like blistered and bloody. And like, even that was too aggressive for me. Like I kept thinking that every time I was hiking, I was like, Oh God, I please don't let my feet turn out like this. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I could hike back if my feet were like that. I was like, please don't do that to my feet. I was like, so paranoid and worried. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Marie, how you doing? I'm good. Doing great. Christmas was great. Excited about um, talking about Rise of Skywalker and the Mando finale. Um, I really enjoyed both. So I'm, yeah, I'm in a pretty delighted place right now. Yeah. You know, I was sitting back yesterday. I was, I, I went to see Rise of Skywalker again yesterday and the day before, I'd seen the, the the Mando finale, and we we I watched a part a heavy part of season two of the Freemakers, which I had never gotten around to. And then today, I was building with my son. We were building his his um, Lego Vader's castle, which is such a fun build. It's such a great build. I was then I That's went and helped awesome. my daughter. She was building her Lego Porg. So it has been like nonstop Star Wars in this house for the last three days and it's been almost like heaven if not for the for the mess in fandom again yeah oh man it would be this would be just complete bliss terrible right now (laughs) it is i i do want to i wish i wish i would give myself the place to be ranty and i guess having my podcast i could do that here but i don't want to i I don't want to really get ranty because what's the point (laughs) but um Let's let's talk about Rise of Skywalker a little bit more. Michelle, you had said that you had just seen it for the first time a few days ago, and your your only word that you spoke about it on Twitter was "Wow." Yes, I have say I have literally not talked about the movie yet with anyone. Anyone, um, I saved it literally for this. I think I said, I think when people asked, I said. I am not saying anything. You have to listen to the episode to find out. It's a good tease. If you want to like, <laughs> know what I think. Um, yeah, I haven't, I don't even think I talked about it with my boyfriend. Um, I think we like meant like talked about it a little bit and then we were so tired because it was the day we hiked back seven miles and then like came home, showered, went to go to the movies and then we were exhausted because it was so long. And so, um, <laughs> I like we did we barely talked about it. We came home, like went to sleep, and then yeah, I didn't really talk about it with anyone. Well, there's um, nothing. Said, there's nothing really to talk about in Rise of Skywalker anyway. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing to talk about. You know, like whatever. Not like it's one of the most like <laughs> important films of 
the um, last, I don't know, 30 like years or so. That sounds accurate. No big deal. <laughs> 40 years or so. 40, 40 years or so. So when you yeah. said, you said, when you said, wow, that, that was a good wow. Yeah. I really liked it. Um, there are issues that I, well, not issues, I guess. Like there are things that, um, you know, I don't think make it perf- perfect or like are things that I wish were better, but not every movie is perfect. And I think that it was really like, for the most part, like, especially the ending was like really what I wanted it to be kind of like, and I, I actually finally like understood like this whole like redemption thing. Like, I don't know, like it would just, I don't, there was a lot of stuff that happened where I felt like it made a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, there were certain things that I was like, uh, that makes me sad. But, you know, for the most part, I think I was like 92.8% happy. Oh, that's, that's pretty damn happy. <laughs> that's right? Really happy. That's pretty sure. high. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we'll get to some of, some yeah. of those thoughts, the good and the bad. Marie, what mm-hmm. was, what were your thoughts? Well, I've seen it four times now. Um, and every time I've seen it, I've loved it more. I, it, oh my gosh. I just, the Ray Palpatine thing was beautiful, I thought. I loved it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I love how she ended and she, instead, I said this in a comment on uh, Twitter, but how she moved past the demons of her blood and accepted a new hope. So she accepted this Mm -hmm. new name, like she was adopted into their family. And I thought that was just that ending was like literally the most powerful thing I've ever seen ever. I think like I cried so much in this movie. I was like totally like trying to hide the amount of crying I was doing. I was like, I can't stop crying. I can't. But seriously, like, especially knowing having some friends who are close friends now who are adopted, who mentioned to me how important this story was for them. And also knowing people who and like myself included, like having had issues with family that are blood related that, you know, and, and having friends who feel like family and like that just that was really powerful also to me as well. Like knowing that like, you know, it's not j- like there were just multiple things I wrote down as quotes to do with like, you know, like blood isn't family and it's not just about your blood. It's about you know, like your nurture and like who you choose and like her choosing that was just so powerful to me. It yeah. was just like, ugh, I couldn't. Like, it just was so overwhelming that it just, like, I, I'm getting emotional again. It's just, like, insane. And, like, I've had the conver- the two conversations I've had outside of, I have, like, had two separate conversations with, like, friends about, like, this part of the film and and the, the, 
the literally the two conversations I've had about this movie outside of like talking about it now um, have been about that specific part of the film about like adoption and like found family and nature versus nurture and blood versus like choice. And it was just really moving to be able to have these really deep, like heart to heart conversations with people that I really care about that I really admire and feel very close to but like we've been able to have like even deeper conversations like with each other because of this movie and because of this ending and being able to talk about it in this way and I think that that is also in and of itself such a powerful thing for this film to provide people with because if you think about that like you know we don't talk about like things like this at all like especially when you talk about nature versus nurture and that you can choose your family and like a lot of the time especially as like a family of an immigrant and like there is this very huge guilt that is placed on you too like to have to like do more than just what you want like to be able to like you know kind of like have these dreams that are not just yours and sometimes like there can be toxicity and like it could be really hard and like I don't know it's just like really cool to be able to have conversations like this with people that aren't normally conversations that you just like that that aren't conversations that would normally occur during the course of like a day or like you know what I mean like it 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 opens like a, a really awesome conversation yeah, about mental yeah, for health sure. like that was one of the things Absolutely. coming out of this was you know people people who took the last jedi as being gospel who now mm-hmm. feel really really angry that ray is not nobody mm-hmm. well well you know well now, now the movie means nothing and it's not it, it's not as nearly as powerful well, but yeah, i don't think tell that to somebody who's been it adopted means nothing at all no i think it means I, a uh, lot but the thing is i think I think yeah. that that is part of her journey. Like even, even that that is part of her identity. Like even in this film when she's like, I'm no one, like that's part of her before she accepts it. And then when she finds out, like that's her for the first time being able to choose because like, I feel right. like, especially with this series, like a lot of the stuff with Ray, even in the beginning, like I've talked about this, like, I think like, you know, a lot of stuff happens to Ray, like, too. Like, it's not just Ray being active. And, like, I think this is also, like, one of the first times she's actually being able to choose for herself and instead of being placed in a situation where she has no choice but to do something or, like, but to act or but to act in a certain way or but to go do something or get someone. Like, this is the first time where she, like, is able to choose, like, she says Skywalker, like she chooses like, you yeah. know, herself, and she chooses to be like all of the Jedi. Like that's what she chooses. Oh. It's just, it's so powerful. Like also as someone who like has a lot of friends who are like psychic mediums and like have parents who are dead and like a lot of family who are dead, like that whole situation with that was like also just so powerful and like crazy i couldn't like i don't know it was also very like harry potter um deathly hallows evocative for me and like that was just like i feel like this this 92.8 is going to be like a 96.8 by the time we're done i don't know (laughs) it's hard because a few things that i have an issue with are really like one of the things at least is very problematic for me so that's why it's so big 
What, and I just, what was that? I, what was the big problematic thing? I don't know. The Rose thing. I oh, have a, yeah. I have a problem with what they did to Rose. Like, justice yep. for Marie Tran. Like, and also justice for for um, Connix, uh for Carrie Fisher's daughter. Like, I can't think of her name right now. Why can't I name her name? Billy, um, Billy Lord? Billy Lord. Or, I just, I mean, like, I love Dominic Monaghan, but why did we need him? Like, you could have given his his lines to Kelly Marie Tran, or you could have given the lines to Billy Lord. Like, we didn't need the dude from Lost. Like, no, and it, like I know they know positioned I mean? him in like, such a way that, like, they, 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 I think in the Visual Dictionary, he's set up as like whatever Beaumont, whatever his name is, and he's some sort of like, yeah, he's like a, he's a translator of specialist of sith history jedi history it's he like who, who cares who cares professor. who cares who cares <laughs> like, no i'm with you i'm with you about ending like this whole thing like there is no story for rose like i'm sorry but no like i just that was a huge issue to me especially as an asian american like not to like put that back on the table but she is one of the only asian american actresses and so like you know, when you sideline that character and you put her kind of like in a place where you basically gave her like she had like five minutes of screen time. Like oh, no, she was, not... it was a, somebody did the count. It was like a minute 11 or something. I mean, it's I literally like not even five minutes like that's, it's, I mean, that's was... so disrespectful. I, I'm sorry. Like, that's just the only word for it. Like, I can't like I just that is why it's 92 because it's just to me, like to some people that might just be like a simple thing. But like, if you also think about like how much she endured and like, not to like have to say that, you know, she deserves to have more screen time because of everything she endured, but like her character deserves that. Like, you know, like even with, I I just, I thought that it, it was such a disservice, like, and there were certain scenes that were very gratuitous that like didn't really need to be there. Like, sure. Like fan service. Yay. Great. Everyone's happy, but like you can't make everyone happy. And like, I'd rather have like a story that's more well-rounded and like that all the characters have endings that they deserve that have like arcs that make sense. Like, I don't know. I just felt like I was cheated and that we were cheated and I didn't feel like that, you know, that was anything super light. Like, so that's why it's 92 because yeah, that's, a... I, I mentioned that last week too. I was like, ah, Rose kind of got shuffled, shuffled, shuffled to the background. And I, I wasn't, I'm not crazy about and that I, choice. And I haven't been the biggest, like, like champion of Rose in the past, like in terms of character and like story, because sometimes I think they haven't, I just think they never really fully understood or like grasped how to utilize Rose in the best way. And I think that they meant well, but they never really understood it. And I don't know why, like maybe they needed Asian American writers on the writing staff, like to give them, I don't know, insight or like, I don't know what it is, but I don't know. I just think that there was a lot of potential there and that, I don't know, that it wasn't fully Yeah, I know, I know what you mean because it's – why introduce new characters when you have other ones that can do that? You know, it's yeah. – I'm like a white person, like a cis hetero white male. Like why? <laughs> why? I just don't – like why? Like yeah, in the a- other – 
Like his and JJ's pal, new, right? Yeah, and the other yeah, because of Lost and like the other new big character, like focal character was Greg Grumberg, which I love <laughs> and his pilot act is at character arc is great and you know his his daughter went to the same high school as like one of my a couple of my close friends and they were like graduated the same year and like, he's great. And I loved him and I've loved him in everything, including heroes. And that's, I think his JJ connection heroes and lost Mm -hmm. and he's wonderful, but like really like we could have used one of the existing characters like to do an emotional arc. Like we didn't have to include a new character like i mean yes we can include new characters that's great but and it's important but it's just i don't know it just like because the other characters we already have were gypped i was just like well did we really need that or could we have just managed with the original characters and tying their stories off well not to mention what was us we had, we had the whole story of snap in resistance reborn mm-hmm. yeah. and he just gets slammed into the side of a star destroyer and yeah. with with wedge yeah. right there and it's it i think resistance reborn is one of the huge casualties of this movie because there's no way there's no way that, that abrams and terrio took that book into account Mm-mm. <laughs> they just didn't oh. nope. and I, I think that my, in my brain the way this worked is that when they brought abrams back he said okay i'll do it but the only way i can do this within 2 years i think he was a story pitcher Pardon me? I think he was, I think with JJ, like I've read this article about something that I really agree with. And then said like, he's really good at pitching like storylines and like pitching, like kind of like, this is what should happen. But then he never actually like, he doesn't actually sit down to do all the bulk of the writing. Like he has someone else do it. So it's not really like his thing. Yeah. Well, it sounds like whenever it talked about the actual Which writing of the them. movie, it, it, it was always Chris Terrio. So it sounds like Chris yeah, Terrio didn't did do most anything. of the writing at, at JJ's sort of guidance. Yeah. JJ pitched the story and he was like, this is what's going to happen. And then he was like, you write it. It's, it sounds like that was the di- dynamic. Like what it sounds like is what I've heard a lot of. And I've read a lot of articles saying that that's kind of what it is. And it's, so it, it sure like, sounds oh. like that. Uh, well, I want to go back to, to Rose for just one second, just to give Marie a chance to chime in on that, because I think, I think, Again, well, Marie, what do you what what's your stance on Rose in this movie? Uh, um, yeah, I definitely agree that she could have had a much larger role, um, but at the same time, I feel like the Falcon would have been overcrowded if they had added more characters to the main thrust of the storyline. Um. Just because you already had Finn, Ray, Poe, BB-8, Dio, uh, Dio's new character, C-3PO. Um, so it was already a bit like a lot of people. Um, but I, I wonder what would have happened if they had swapped out. Jeez, please forgive me for saying it. But if they would flipped out Claude for Rose in that opening sequence where they get oh, the info. Oh, yeah. Like what, yeah. what if she was the engineer? trying to keep this power surge on the Falcon in check. Like, I think that would have made so much more sense. And then just put yeah. Claude in the background somewhere. So we can yeah. still marvel. Exactly. Who is that big orange fleshy cone? Yeah. <laughs> and then if you did the whole thing with like, I think with 
I think with them being like, oh, we have to stay behind because General Leia said so, I think a lot of that was because those were the people who were in the room when they filmed those scenes, so they had to figure out, like, a reason for them all to be there or, like, something, like... I don't know. Maybe that's why I have no idea. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit. I don't know. But well, I also felt like I, when when JJ took over and we started talking about the movie and speculating and we finally learned that, yes, Kelly Marie Tran is going to be in it. I had I still even then I had the sinking suspicion that JJ is not going to know what to do with the character and he's going to just give her the promotion and make her in charge of whatever which is exactly what happened yeah which is i mean it, it's nice that they gave her the promotion and all that but you know uh, i i wish she had been more forward in the storyline and i know they even in the movie they said ah leia wants me here to keep you know whatever keep pushing buttons so at least they considered yeah. it but still i read an article it was really today disappointing. that said um they they were planning on having more scenes with rose and leia but they weren't able to do those scenes. They did. It wasn't. It didn't look organic enough with the footage that they had available to them mm. of Leia. So I don't know. That could be a cop out. But I'm just saying. I I've well, I believe it that. because some of those Leia scenes were a little tough. From in my opinion, like, visually. Well, there was one scene in particular where it was clearly ADR, which, like, her mouth wasn't moving at the same time as the sound was. It's That's quite possible. That's quite possible. I, I think I wrote it down. I don't remember where, but um, there was one point where I was just like, wow, that was bad. But I just, I, it was like the mix was, I, I don't know if they could have just, they couldn't figure out a way to make it work, but... Um, I think they did a great job, but yeah, there were scenes where I was just like, it feels like a little bit of a stretch. Sure. That's, that's fair. Marie, did you feel like this movie was maybe two movies packed into one? Um, I don't, I, I know a lot of people talk about, like I've heard so many different, um, people say that the pace was frenetic and intense and I kind of liked that I really enjoyed the fast pace and going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing like it kept me that's one of the reasons I like I've seen it so many times is I just I'm engaged the entire time yeah the the first time mm -hmm. my first viewing I found it jarring but in each subsequent viewing I have I have found the pace so much easier to to digest the movie is so much better upon second viewing and i I know i'll sound like a shill but when i like i tell people i'm like you need to see it a second time no what do you see why should a movie need a second viewing in order to make its point just see it a second time it it just hits so much better that second time yeah so um what okay let's let's stay let's go with the positive Marie, I'll stick with you on this one. Give me some. Give me something you really loved about this movie. I really liked how they did the uh, Ben Solo redemption. I think the fact that, and I've seen people parallel it to Anakin, where Anakin couldn't do what Ben was able to do mm-hmm. because Anakin wanted to 
save Padme so that she could live with him, whereas Ben just wanted to save Ray so she could live. Yeah. And I, as an Anakin stan, like, oh my gosh, I love Anakin so much, but I thought that was just a beautiful way to end Ben Solo's arc, and I thought his sacrifice was amazing. Like, I I really don't understand how his sacrifice could have been any better. Yeah, I mean, I wish, I th- wish there had been a little bit of dialogue <laughs> somewhere yeah. in that section of the movie because he just yeah. like he just they kiss he, he kind of gets this look on his face ray looks concerned and he flops over and and is dead and i felt like it was very romeo and juliet though like it, they were yes. really trying to push this star-crossed lover like romeo and juliet like i felt like a lot of like a lot of this film with especially with ben and ray going into that scene going into um like ben like kylo dying and becoming ben and whatever that scene where he walks onto the ship through the rain is like basically like the same exact shot as like Mr. Darcy walking through the rain in Pride and Prejudice with like Kira Knightley. And like, it's like the same exact shot, like the way that it looks and like very um, Noah from the notebook. Like there's a lot of very heavy imagery with a lot of big like film couples. And like that last scene is very like Leonardo DiCaprio, Claire Danes, uh, Romeo and Juliet, especially like the way that the shot is, is um is staged and the bodies are positioned and how they move and they fall over and it was just yeah. very like evocative of that and like I felt it very strongly and I was like oh that's what his intention was and like I felt like one of the big arcs and I think they said something about I, I feel like there was an interview somewhere by someone saying that like Ray and Kylo are like star-crossed lovers of some sort or I don't know what it is but like I, I kind of got that that was like the whole thing um, <laughs> that they were trying to do or something. I, I don't know. Like, that's what I really, that's what really f- I felt strongly watching that. Um, and I wrote it down immediately. Um, but yeah, I felt, yeah, that was what I felt. Yeah. No, that's, that that's, you're taking us to film school here, which you, which you do often, which, which I'm pretty grateful for. Um, what about the resolution to Finn's story? Because I felt there was none beyond like that group hug. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were promised some light shed on his origin, but really we got nothing. And I don't want this movie to be bogged down in backstory, but we didn't get anything about Finn's backstory or the resolution of his story uh, other than a connection with Jana and feeling the force awaken in her as well. So I wonder if this is, I'm I'm now looking at Finn's arc and just saying, well, this is this is definitely not goodbye for Finn. This is just this is definitely see you later. Yeah. Well, yeah. There, I that one scene with Jenna and um, uh, blah, 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 what's his name? Lando. Lando, where she's like, I don't know where I came from, and he's like, Let's find out. And I was like, Oh, that's a backdoor pilot or like a backdoor film where yeah. that's like. Off, and I felt like that's very heavily like a spinoff and so I don't know maybe they're gonna put Finn on that you know and then he's gonna go figure out like who his 
people are his backstory is because he has a similar um backstory to janet where they're both stormtroopers or whatever force sensitive stormtroopers yeah Yeah. but yeah like her backstory with the whole like their whole company laying down their their arms like that is very interesting to me i would love to see that like that i would be interested in watching that like her that that company of like stormtroopers where they were like enlisted and they had to be that way because that's very lost stars to me too well can't Uh, can't you i can already picture this and i know marie will be able to picture this too Um, lost stars person jana issue one (laughs) with a flashback to that scene oh my god that's 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 gonna that's that's gonna happen right along with poe and zori number one and (laughs) this this movie left open so many doors to continue stories and and fill backstories in like for sure this is yeah. this is going to get told but anyway, but it did it it did it in a way that like the the overall story is to me felt very well resolved while at the same time allowing there to be different threads that could pull into their own things yeah, as long as so, they, I wanted, as long as they got Ben and Ray's story kind of closed off properly and and yeah. deal with Palpatine, all of which was done. Yeah, the rest of the stuff I'm not so picky on because well, back in right. at Celebration, mm-hmm. Kathleen Kennedy already said we're thinking of the next ten years with these characters. Yeah, so she let mm-hmm. the cat out of the bag. Like I was already prepared yeah. to not really end these characters' stories because we're getting more. So to yeah. me, I, I don't really have a huge problem with it. Because I fully mm-hmm. expect more Finn at some point. Even if he's if Finn says, yeah. or if, if John Boyega said, "I'm not doing Disney Plus. Forget it." Like he, we're gonna see Finn again for sure. If the, if the money's good, I think he will. Yeah, that, that's not one to, of the things. Not like, to say that like you know money and everything, but like I really think that like you know that's just how it's gonna work. If they're gonna give him enough leeway to do other projects, and they're gonna give him enough money, and then they give him creative control, like maybe a producer credit, like I think he'll take it. For I, I completely agree. Just saying. But as for yeah. Jana, in the Visual Dictionary, she is confirmed as Lando's daughter, which was a rumor that was going around for a while. Mm-hmm. But and that's a thing, and that was just sort of left there. And I think I kind of had a. A, a vibe that maybe that was the case when she was like, I don't know who I am. And then he was like, let's find out. And I was like, Oh, I wrote down. I was like, Oh, he's probably going to be her father. Isn't he? And, and he is. <laughs> I didn't and know that. I just guessed. <laughs> what's unclear to me is if Lando knows that when he says, let's go find out. Well, it'll be interesting. Like the novelization of this movie is going to be some kind of interesting. Oh, right. Yeah, That's for sure. Which got pushed back, and you know the, the pushing back yeah. of the novel and of the art of Rise of Skywalker book has just created this immense shitstorm of wild speculation on on Twitter as to well, why has this been pushed back? What happened? And it's led to some really, truly breathtaking theories about how how they had to. They chopped up the movie from what it was originally supposed to be, and now it was it's some sort of Frankenstein ending. I don't buy it. <laughs> I, I really don't, but man, both of those books are going to be really interesting when they finally do hit. Yeah. Yeah, and one actually, this is really interesting. Before we move on, one of the things that I think Abrams and or Terrio were at an event this weekend 
And they did sort of pitch the idea and they had some initial conversations with, I guess, Lucasfilm and Disney of splitting this movie up into part one and part two. And it sounded like they got shut down pretty hard and they wanted to, in the end, they chose to stick with George Lucas's wishes of having it be a trilogy of trilogies. Just three, you know, three trilogies, three parts each done. And I, it sounds to me like they're very aware of how rushed this story feels at some points. And they wanted to push that into two different movies. And it was just, nope, make it happen mm-hmm. in one. Which is, which is really interesting. I wish there was a making of book of this, of this uh, sequel trilogy era that we, you know, with warts and all. But that book's never going to see the light of day. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Absolutely never. And if it, I mean, if it did, nobody would believe it because it would be so heavily edited and polished. We can hope, though. Uh, anything else before we move on to uh, our best of 2019? Anything else you want to throw in about uh, Rise of Skywalker? I did um, want to say that the all the Sith stuff. Oh my gosh. The whole, I am fascinated by Exegol. I am fascinated mm-hmm. by who the in the world stuff. all those cult members were, all those uh-huh. Sith cultists were. Uh-huh. And just, and I, I know the visual dictionary says some stuff, but it's still a little vague. So mm-hmm. I'm really curious about all that. And I just think it is wonderfully fascinating. Very mm-hmm. much so. And I, it's, you know what? At, you know, at the, at the beginning where it was like, well, how did Palpatine do this? Just him, like that opening sequence of him saying, reiterating reiterating that line from Revenge of the Sith of, of yes. the dark side being a pathway, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And having all these cultists and it could, you can tell that these people are doing weird stuff. That's enough for me to believe that these guys are somehow behind Palpatine's reanimated corpse. And it's, it's enough for me to believe that, yes, they brought back Palpatine and the rest is... Sheev being Sheev. Like, I, I'm okay with that. That's, that is, yeah. that's enough for me. I mean, I, I totally find it believable. And I, I just am so into Sith lore that I just want to know more. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Michelle, anything else for you? Um, first, um, I want to mention Babu Frick because oh, he yes! deserves to be mentioned and we haven't discussed him yet and he's amazing yes. and I love him and he is everything to me. <laughs> he's so funny. He's great. Like, oh my God, he was great. That whole stuff with with um, C-3PO, oh God, I just, wow, that was a lot. But I, I just love that guy. He is, um, he's Frick such a little hilarious. When he's just like, hello, I'm Babu Frick. And like, <laughs> yeah. He's just like, woohoo! And like freaking out. And well, I stuff. love, and I love like, when at he the pops end, up. When he came back. When he, he pops yeah, up he in Zori's cockpit. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, it's so weird mm-hmm. that he'd be in there, but I love it. It's it's so Muppets that he's in there. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's very <laughs> Muppets. That's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. That's why I loved it so much. Like, my kids jump for joy when, oh, God, when, when that happens. Funny. Like, there's so many moments where. My daughter specifically, like she she responded big time to this movie. All the like the scary moments, like she she curled up and recoiled, and all the great fist pump moments. Wow. She was bouncing in her seat. She was 
ear to ear smiling. It's it was really great to watch it with my kids. It was really eye opening to see what what they picked out of it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this. And it's, you know, just just to end on Ray, fittingly enough, where she ends up on Tatooine, whether she stays there oh, or not. God. My my initial reaction was that, you know, she's there to stay and I think she's going to make a Jedi Academy out of that place. I think so. And it would Which be great. Would be I, awesome. I feel like those those Force Awakened stormtroopers, Janna's company and Finn might all make that pilgrimage there and join Rey. Or, you know, even if she doesn't stay there, even you know, people have suggested that she was just there to bury the lightsabers and she's moving mm-hmm. on. I'm okay with that too. Like, whichever path they choose. But I, I feel like with her being there, declaring herself a Skywalker, that sort of puts a nice capstone on the the blood family Skywalkers. And now the like the the Ray, whatever you want to call it, the Ray saga will begin next, and mm-hmm. it, it will be distinct from the Skywalkers. And whenever that comes, I I don't feel like that's going to happen for a few years yet. But I feel like Ray's story is really just beginning, and a lot of people were not too thrilled with with what happened with Ray, and that she was left in the desert alone, just the same way she started. Personally, I thought it was great, but. Yeah. I also feel like it's her story is not even close to over. What did you think about her having a yellow lightsaber? I thought it was I kind of thought it was cool. I thought like, I thought it was cool. Just I, I I don't know if this is true. I mean, it, like the the Jedi Temple guards all had yellow blades as as mm-hmm. as guards. And I feel like yeah. Rey being sort of like the the embodiment of balance now in the Force, that her yeah, that role makes- is to guard the balance of the Force. Yeah. That's okay. That's how that's how I had it. Yeah. That's why I thought that her lightsaber would end up being that color and because I had read that and so I was just like, oh, when I saw that I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um because that's like her role now to balance everything. Yeah, and and, but it also gives me pause because as much as I think like her story is definitely gonna continue and she will definitely train people at some point in the future. But if she's the guard, I wonder if she would bother. Like if she would just say, no, it's up to me just to maintain this balance. I'm not going to get anybody else involved. So I, I want, it's going to be interesting to see how they open that story. But anyway, I am, I'm, I'm still honeymooning with this movie. I still, <laughs> the, the things that bothered me at the start have faded. Um, I still have some issues that I, I suspect that I'll always have to live with. Rose being one. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I still can't figure out Hux. Oh yeah, that to me is just a real bizarre left turn. <laughs> the but, buddy comedies. But actually, you know what? It, it made for the funniest moment, and I think Rise of Skywalker really might be the funniest Star Wars movie. With all... it is so funny. It is funny. It's so hilarious. But when when, po- when Hux declares himself as the mole, and when Poe goes, what? Yeah, Poe is hilarious in this. And by the way, like as a storm pilot person, like the amount of like just Finn and Poe that we were given and blessed with, like and fed, like I just felt so well fed in this movie. It was good. They have such it was just the perfect amount of banter and like best friendship and like. It really reminds me of if you love Doctor Who, which I know a fair amount of people who listen to this podcast like Doctor Who, very much reminded me of like Doctor Matt Smith with like the pawns 
um, very much that type of banter, uh, which was just like everything to me. It was just like space, like every. It was just like them, like just like on the TARDIS, but it was like Poe and Finn on the Falcon, like banter, and it was just everything. I was just like, this is the best movie ever. I think I wrote, I was like, I would watch a show of this, and like, oh no question, yeah. I was just like yeah, I would totally watch a show of them, like just going around doing stuff, like on the Falcon and like yelling at each other and like then Ray like coming and like yelling at them about like the Falcon being on fire. <laughs> it's on fire. It's, really- it's on the fire. It's like all, what it's the all hell are you doing? And like you put a, you dropped a tree on BBA and she's like, you put, you light skip jump, like you light speed skipped like the Falcon. Oh, yeah. I just, I can't. Yeah. It was, so it, was it was the chemistry among the, that cast is, mm-hmm. is outstanding. My God! Oh, Absolutely. I'm gonna miss that so much. Yeah. Hopefully, we don't have to wait too too. Actually, you know what? I I feel like we need to let the Skywalker saga rest for a bit, just to let let it settle, and we'll talk about other stuff, and then maybe revisit this character and these characters in a few years. But yeah. I no doubt they'll be back. Can we also talk about though how like cool it was to see Ray wearing Luke's helmet because that made me like so excited and i had the chills i was like ah i freaked out i was just like it was it was really cool to see red five back in the sky uh for sure it was amazing i was freaking out when she was like wearing the helmet and i was like ah she's wearing the helmet again yeah that was really really great that was cool yeah Um, should should we talk about let's we got to pick up rick's question he asked us a while ago our best of 2019 and I took the the book and comic portion. Of course, I was going to table it here for, for us to talk about. Um, so let's do that. Let's let's talk about our best of 2019 as far as books and comics go. And for me, like when I thought back about comics in 2019, it it turns out I didn't read a whole lot. Like once we got to October, I kind of just stopped dead, with the exception of a couple of of the Age of comics. And Rise of Kylo Ren number one. And that's, I guess it's primarily because my comic provider went out of business. So I stopped receiving titles. So I, have, I haven't I have been to a shop in, in a couple of months. So I'm way, like even the main line, I'm, I think I'm at like issue 71 or something. Like I'm, I'm way, way back. But uh, Marie, I'll start with you because I know you're the, you're the big bookworm here. What was, what stood out to you in, in, as far as comics go in 2019? So for comics, my absolute favorite was the Galaxy's Edge short run series. Um, I just how it can it had so many canon connections. The story was fascinating. Um, it introduced new characters that were really interesting. I really enjoyed it. And then Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple, I also really really enjoyed. And in my reviews of that, one of the reviews I did for one of the issues, I said, if they can continue to come up with stories of this quality with brand new characters, then we're golden. Yeah. So that, oh my gosh, I loved that one. Um, And then Rise of Kylo Ren 1 was just like, wow. That was... Yeah, I mean, Charles Soule being Charles Soule, like, there were a couple of things in that book that, 
you just didn't see coming. You just didn't see that coming. And yeah, absolutely. We're, we're definitely in spoiler territory. But f- man, just to, to see the, the, the Academy kind of explode the way it did and not by Kylo Ren. Like, he didn't do it. See, I I must have I need to reread it because from my perspective, it was that he did it, but he didn't mean to do it. Oh, interesting. So but everyone that I've talked to, their perspective is that someone else did it. So maybe I'm just completely wrong and off and I don't know where I'm getting my ideas from. But I when I read it, like, and you see the color change in his eyes, and, like, I know that's a reflection, but still, that kind of signaled to me, like, his mind was doing it without him meaning to. Hmm. Ah, that's... I hadn't considered that, but that that is very possible. And I'm sure... I'm sure Charles wants us to argue about this a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of likened it to Ray shooting the lightning from her fingertips, and she didn't mean to do that. Right. Yeah, like my my read was was that <clears throat> in the same way that Yoda called down lightning to burn the the tree in the Last Jedi, it was Snoke from afar calling down some lightning to to destroy the temple. Yeah, but um, I geez, you gave me something to think about, Marie. Maybe it was Kylo and just unknowingly pulled some sort of trick to to do that. Mm. But that's that was it was a really fascinating book, and who would have guessed? When you look at Snoke <laughs> wearing a, a little, at first I thought it was like a little patch of hair on his head, and I think it's more like a cap of some kind. But he looked really weird living on that yes. little <coughs> miniature moon, like forest jungle yeah. moon. Like wow, weird stuff going on. Yeah, and then and oh, he's surrounded by plants. Like oh yeah, that didn't make that was so weird to me because no, it was last, so bizarre. Yeah, in Last Jedi, he's surrounded <laughs> by sterility and emptiness, and in this, he was like plants. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's a green thumb. You would think it that was he's so weird. He's like a he's vegetable such gardener. A millennial, like millennials <laughs> love plants. You know, like they're like all about the plant. Like all my millennial friends are like all about the plants like there's just like, like hipster oh, snoke for for black friday yeah. i want to buy i want to buy plants and i'm like what <laughs> wanna buy, you want to buy plants for black friday and they're like yeah I'm like, all right whatever like oh, that's, that's such a hipster thing like hipster millennial <laughs> and, and what, what else is interesting about that issue is uh, one part that made me jump for joy was a part that uh, of like an old theory of mine that luke like the way that Snoke is all disfigured, Luke Luke did that to him. And, yeah. And in the comic, they talk like I think Kylo says to him like, "Look what Luke did to you." But then when you think about the rise of Skywalker, when Palpatine says, "I created Snoke," like is 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 Snoke? Was that just a memory that Snoke had? Like did did Palpatine put a memory of Luke doing? disfiguring him just to stoke hatred of of the skywalkers so there's another potential wrinkle there but yeah that was that is a great comic and then issue two comes out in early january which will have uh, kylo and luke or ben and luke in a flashback fighting the knights of ren i can't wait for that Mm -hmm. 
Uh, 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 one more thing, oh. really, really quick. Go for it. Um, the hug. <laughs> the hug between Snoke and Kyler and uh, Ben. Yeah, it was. It, well, it was. It was like it a, was a little so boy. Weird. It was like little yeah, boy going to his a, big dad. Right. It was like a very fatherly hug. And I was just, I, man, Snoke was playing him hard. For sure. Oh, or should we say Palpatine was, play, yeah. <laughs> was playing him True. hard. There's that, another weird left turn. Uh, Michelle, did you do a lot of reading in 2019? Yes, but like not so much Star Wars stuff. Oh, well then. <laughs> Mostly like work stuff. <laughs> um, which is like new adult and like young adult. Um, but like from what I did read of Star Wars, I mean, my favorite was obviously, um, you know, Kylo Ren and Charles Sewell, like, you know, can't go wrong. And, um, you know, and then like book wise, um, I recently read, um, volume two and three of Lost Stars, the graphic novel. Um, and that was probably my favorite of the year. <laughs> Is that nice. cheating? Nah, that's not really <laughs> cheating. I mean, it's, it's, it's the same story, but in a completely different that, format. Like I really enjoyed Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are my picks for the year, I think. Well, yeah. let's, let's, let's uh, slide over to the novels for a second. Like as far as books go, I read quite a few, I think in, where I dropped off in comics, I made up for with the novels. So I, I, I read Queen's Shadow, uh, Black Spire, Master and Apprentice, Pirate's Price, which maybe even came out in 2018, but I read it this year, uh, Alphabet Squadron and Resistance Reborn. And I think one of uh, the third Thrawn. So that's, that's quite a few, like, and, and overall I thought they were okay. Like, I don't know that there was any that I was head over heels for. I, I think I'd have to say that my favorite was probably Master and Apprentice, <clears throat> just as a as a self-contained story. Um, yeah. And then uh, Resist- Resistance Reborn was terrific for payoffs for those who read a lot and st- hung yeah. in there for the new canon. So, from, like, as a, as a canon junkie, like, it was great. But then... When you think about how Rise of Skywalker kind of <clears throat> knocks, knocks the knees out from Resistance Reborn just a little bit, um, I think I think I have to say my favorite book of 2019 was was Master and Apprentice. Mm-hmm. How about you, Marie? I know I know you um, read a lot. Yes, uh, my favorites were Resistance Reborn. Force Collector was Ooh. really good. Um, I mean, I, and I, of course, I, I loved all of them that I read, but uh, my absolute number one favorite, and it did come out this year, is Pirate's Price. Nice. That was a fun book. Oh, my gosh. I just, I, I need to read it. Oh, I could not get in. He writes Hondo so well. I, uh, Michelle, you know what you need to do if you can't is listen to the audiobook. That's how I took this book in. And it's it's Jim oh, Cummings okay. reading narrating the book as Hondo. So I it, have it, an it, audible credit. 
So oh, I'm going to buy it right now. It's, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, it's a fairly short book. I think, I can't remember how long the audio book is, but it's hours and hours of Hondo in your ears. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. And it's like three, I think Five three hours, separate stories. Minutes. So you start in one timeline, then go to another timeline, then go to another timeline. And so you kind of see Hondo's interaction with the Falcon over years. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's it was a really fun book, for sure. I mean, it's Yay, not, not going to rock your it. world in terms of like, <laughs> <laughs> nice, there you go. So good. Yeah, um, it's, it's not going to be like the book that fundamentally changes how you see star wars but you will absolutely have a lot of fun listening to it yeah and the thing about force collector that i liked so much is that it it had a bajillion canon connections and because you're following this boy who can um what oh gosh was psychometry is that what it's called? I think so. When you touch an object and you get visions from the object. Yeah. Quinlan Voss had it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the this boy has that ability and he's touching different objects, going across the galaxy, meeting people that we're all familiar with. And um, he finds out about Anakin Skywalker but he doesn't realize there are two Skywalkers and he confounds them into one person and gets really confused. And it's just fascinating watching him or reading him untangle um, the Skywalker saga. And so it goes to the prequels heavily. It goes to the original trilogy. So it really connected everything. That's kind of cool. I haven't, I completely forgot about that one. Totally slept on it. Heard mixed things, but I, eventually I'm, I think because 2020 looks pretty open, I might have to give that one a shot. I uh-huh. really, because like it would take a scene from a movie and expand on it in the visions he was having. And that was really cool. That's cool. That is cool. Um, how about, Did anybody read Myths and Fables? Oh, I read it. It's really good. That's something we, we never quite got into. I want. I really wanted to check out that yeah. book. And then, whoops. I think that I still, I think they got returned to the um, office and I need to like reset them to you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. I will do that in the new year. And I apologize. Oh, don't, don't bother. Oh. I mean. No worries. No worries. I'm gonna send them. But they're but doing like, it. They're still. doing the dark side version of that book. Woo! Yay! That's that'll gonna be, be fun. That's gonna be really cool too. So if if you guys out, out there listening, um, I don't know. It's, it's gonna be the same author, the same illustrator, but they're doing sort of Sith legends and fables, which is gonna be rad. That's fun. I'm really excited about that. I'm excited. Um, and 2020, of course, is gonna be the year of Project Luminous, and I, I hope that mm. is. I hope that's yeah. just going to rock our world. Like, I really want that to be so must read stuff to the point where like, where people who were like, I, I don't have the time or money to read this stuff. I want it to be like up before that, they, where they're caught. Like, Oh man, like 
wow, I need to read this. I got, I got, I'm going to have to get yeah. a second job <laughs> or sell an organ or something. Like, I want it to be that important. Cause I mean, with, with 2020 being so open until, until uh-huh. fall with Mandalorian season two, like, of course we have clone wars coming, but there's going to be a big gap in the middle of the year where we've got nothing. So I hope project luminous will help fill that void. Yeah, me too. And I, know, awesome. I, I know they're going to announce more of that in January, but I don't know. I still have no real guesses as to what it could be. It still sounds like it'll be Force Ghost related, but I I, I don't have any strong take on on what it could be. Like I wonder the the only thing that comes to mind is because you know all the all the uh, all the Jedi voices that Ray hears. You know, like we don't so good. We don't we didn't know that some of those voices could force ghost. You know, we we only right. knew about Obi Wan, Qui Gon, Yoda, Luke as being force ghosts, but yet you hear you hear Ahsoka, you hear Kanan, um Luminara Unduli's hey, in there. Adigalia. Yeah, like all these other Anakin. masters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All these other masters yeah. who who managed to eventually get their essence, their identity as as part of the force, and I I wonder if Project Luminous could be about that. If if it's sort of like Anakin's yeah. quest of atonement in the afterlife to make, oh my god, that would be amazing. You know, where he Mace Windu's in there too, right? Yeah, wouldn't it yes. be cool if if like Anakin's essence or his afterlife identity? kind of goes out on a quest to to uh, find Mace Windu out there in the Force. And it, it, the whole story is about Anakin's atonement with, with the Jedi. That could be cool. It might be weird, would, but it could yeah. be cool. That sounds awesome. Anyway, we'll see. I think in January they're supposed to tell us more about that. Yeah. Anyway, there's uh, there's our list of 2020, and a lot of a lot of comics are coming out in 2020. The the new Star Wars uh, issue one that comes out this coming week. Uh, another Darth Vader volume is starting in January. Yeah. It's it's gonna be another big year for comics, so we're gonna have our hands full. And uh, I can't wait to answer the same question <laughs> a year from now. After my heart attack. Cash from Active Care meant I had choices. When I had cancer, cash from Active Care meant I didn't need to stress so much about money. What is Active Care? Active Care is a supplemental health insurance policy that offers protection for covered cancer, heart attack, or stroke, and a choice of cash benefit options from $10,000 to $60,000. If you're diagnosed with cancer, a heart attack, or stroke, you could end up paying thousands of dollars or more in out of pocket medical bills. Active Care gives you protection at an affordable price. So get Active Care for cash, choice, and control. Active Care is brought to you by Colonial Pen Life Insurance Company and is underwritten by Washington National Insurance Company. Visit colonialpen.com for more information. This is a limited benefit policy. This policy has limitations and exclusions. For costs and complete details of coverage, visit colonialpen.com. Uh, but for now, let's let's now jump into the Mando finale, episode eight, which was fantastic. 
I mean, I don't know what else to say about this series at this point. I've been in the bag since episode one, but uh, episode episode eight was was fantastic. And this coming off the heels of uh, the redemption, the episode called Redemption. No, what was episode seven called? Oh, this was the episode called Redemption. Yeah. Now I forget what episode seven was called. But like we finally see Baby Yoda snatched up by the Empire. Wondering when. Baby when, Yoda. When was this going to happen? The Reckoning. The Reckoning. Right. The Reckoning. Wondering when that's going to happen. And it finally did happen by the end of episode seven. And so we're for, for a few days we're left wondering, it, will Mando get him back? Is this something we'll have to deal with all summer long until the fall of 2020 but yeah wow like that opening sequence with the stormtroopers sitting on speeder bikes oh it was so funny i was almost in tears and i like jokes that kind of go on too long sometimes because it it just (laughs) it it goes over the annoying part and becomes funny again like it that is it might be the funniest sequence like that oh i I, it was was so funny I watched it three times before I went forward with the episode because I could not stop watching it. Like, it was so perfect. Like, it was just perfect like, in every way. The, the so inane, good. idle chatter. Like, that conversation oh God, is just pure so gold. Good. Like, the, the trash talking so each other. They're getting fed up with their superiors. Like, it's like everything I've ever wanted from a Star Wars, like, live action show. <laughs> like, it's just like what I've always wished that they would give us like a scene of. And I was just like, Oh my God, you gave us something that we've always dreamed of, but never thought of because we never thought this was possible. Like the best part for me, which I actually, I I laughed out loud, literally laughed out loud was (laughs) there's like a, uh, like a bug's eye view of like this little tin can laying on the ground. And the stormtrooper just takes aim and shoots at it and misses by like a foot. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a few feet away and he just and he completely whiffs and then they both start shooting at it and neither of them ever come close. And it was just this so on the nose joke about how stormtroopers just can't shoot for shit. And I was just in hysterics. It was so funny. So funny to me. But you know, like and there was also like the baby Yoda punching bag stuff. Which Yeah, that was that was sad. Oof. Uh, that was tough to watch. Like the first shot in the head I could deal with. The second one was pushing it. The third one, which was just a full on like haymaker. Like, wow, dude, like ease up. <laughs> yeah. Ease up guys. I thought that was a, a little much, but the first, first couple ones I thought added to the humor and just how terrible stormtroopers can be. But I, I thought the third one was maybe a bit much. But still, like that was one of the funniest sequences in all of Star Wars ever yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Oh. I love when they said the Moff just killed an officer for interrupting him, and they were like, "Okay, standing by." Like one of them was beatboxing, right? The Jason Sudeikis guy yeah. is just, like, just like humming mm-hmm. in his helmet, beatboxing. It's like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it takes a while but even like even on my, on my first viewing and even when my kids i was watching with my kids after and even they're watching and going oh i see ig 11 is going to come and i'm like is it this obvious like i guess i don't know because ig 11 you see his feet come into the picture 
and he declares himself as a nurse droid, and it's it's another big joke. But then he just he mangles the two of them, which which is which is retribution, fairly earned retribution for uh, the baby Yoda punches. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the cool things with this episode, I think, uh, getting the, like the full show of that flashback. Like we've, I think we hadn't seen one since like episode three or four. Like of the of the pur- the Mandalorian purge, and this time we got like the full hit of it. We learned about, um, we got it. We got his name right. We got uh, the Mando's name in, during that sequence around there. Din Jaren. Din Jaren. Which, um, Pedro Pascal he kind of blurted that out in an interview a month or so ago. He just gave the guy's name out, and it kind of went under the radar. Nobody. It wasn't like this big talking point in fandom, which I was surprised at. But like, that's his name, Din Djarin. and we so we see him rescued by the Mandos. Um, that that looked like Death Watch. Was that Death Watch that saved? It him? was. It was, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah. that's that's. I wonder if Bo Katan was there. Ooh. And what, was was she somewhere in that rescue scene? But we, oh god, we also we also see his face, right? Like. God, I almost yeah. forgot about that. Everybody wondering, are we going to see this guy's face at all during the series? And we finally did via loophole because IG-11 is not a living thing. Um, <laughs> but it took that for, for the Mando to like reconcile in his head. Yeah, I, I guess I could do mm-hmm. this. But in that, in that sequence where he's injured and he's dying on that table, I, I wonder why they just didn't get baby Yoda to heal him. Like they knew that that was among his his skill set. It was like so. Wasn't they... wasn't he knocked out by yeah causing the fire to by pushing back the fire? Yeah, he was. Was he by that point? Yep. Mm-hmm. As soon as he pushed the fire, he like knocks out. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's yeah, true. He's yeah, he's taking a nap. But they, I mean, they do go in. They do go into the. Uh, um, back into the re- the bar after after Mando's been shot, and um, IG Eleven is over by the sewer grate, and Baby Yoda hasn't yet passed out from pushing back the flames, but I don't, maybe they haven't realized how hurt Mando is at that point. Mm. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, anyway, a small thing, but uh, you know, IG Eleven had his back to spray, so it's it's all good. <laughs> Good thing for back. I was spray. worried we, yeah, I was worried we weren't gonna have the Mandalorian for the next season. I was like, what are they gonna do? He's gonna <laughs> die. Like I seriously thought he was gonna die. But well, it was it was super well acted too. Like Pedro Pascal really sold the idea that this guy was just barely hanging on to life. Yeah, yeah. like I'll admit, like I'm like, is he is he gonna die? like what's gonna happen here? Will it be another thing like Rise of Skywalker, where not only will Yoda have to heal him, but maybe he'll bring him back from from the dead? You know, it was it was what was going through. My, I it was crazy in that in that moment. But yeah, back to spray. That that stuff is hmm. magic. Yeah. Uh, how about the armorer? She was wicked in this episode. Like she's always mm-hmm. been cool, but man, she's a badass. Oof. Like, did she yeah. live? Did did she live that f- through this episode? 
Mm-hmm. I think so. I think so too. Like I thought, like when she wrecks those whatever it is, four, five, six stormtroopers. Like I thought the next shot was going to be like a squad of death troopers rushing in after her, and then you would get the impression that well, okay, she's toast. But it this it just ends there with her standing there. So I I, I guess she's alive. And I wonder, like she she's kind of like the Mando's version of Q from James Bond. So. Mm-hmm. I hope she lives on into season two. She was she was awesome. She's wicked, and like she's our door, our doorway to uh, Mandalorian lore. Mm-hmm. So I, I really mm-hmm. hope she's back. Um, yeah. So, but in the the Man- Mandalorian covert, like all the like we we see all like that the Mandalorian gear just piled up. Like the, was the idea there that the, in, in because they had gone out to help bail out the Mando in Episode Three, uh, the only way they could escape was to like get rid of their gear and, and leave as sort of civilians where they would wouldn't be noticed. I'm not sure. Hmm. What, I'm not sure what the point of of all that was. I was so confused because uh, the Mando was like. We have, let's go down to the culvert. The Mandalorians will help us out. And I'm like, do you not remember the conversation you had a few episodes ago with that guy in the jetpack where it was like, you're going to have to disappear now. And he said, this is the way. That's true. So they had that conversation. Like the Mando knew that they were not going to be there. So why did he think they were going to be there? This is what they call a plot hole. <laughs> I was like, I get it. I was like, that doesn't make sense. And I, I'm joking, of course. I mean, it it is it is a question. It is, it is sort of something worth talking about. But yeah, just the conversation and fandom. Every time there's one little thing, plot hole. Right, right. Like why in, in Rise of Skywalker, why does Red Five have all four wings when one of those four wings was clearly used as Luke's door in the Last Jedi for his hut? Plot hole. It's not, it's not a plot hole. It's it's uh, it's an oversight. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's a good question, Marie. Like they did have that conversation. Um, shall we? Shall we uh, say some parting words for IG Eleven? No. He was so good. I know. Like I love that the self-destruct joke came back. Yeah, but in like a a much more emotional way. But still, that was that was interesting that the whole self destruct thing came back. Yeah, and like there's he's not coming back this time. Like yeah, he, he's he's in many many thousands of pieces. Nope. Goodbye. But he was he was fantastic. I thought he st- kind of stole the show. Like I think the two best characters in this show. Um, in this episode, particularly, was was IG Eleven and Moff Gideon. Oh, yeah. I mean, IG Eleven was was terrific. He was funny. Ta- Taika Waititi is so good. Um, Every, everything he touches to me is is golden. Gold. Just absolute gold. And I need to see Jojo Rabbit. My God, I need to see it. My friend saw it at the film festival. At San Diego that I was supposed to go do, but I didn't. And she said it was amazing, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I, I got to see that. Um, 
So yeah, rest in pieces, IG Eleven. No, um, it's uh, you know our <laughs> second our second redemption story in a week that end, ends in death. Ah, <laughs> boo hoo, Star mm-hmm. Wars. True. Anyway, uh, let's let's mm. talk about um, um, Moff Gideon. This guy is super cool. Like he, I mean, it's Gian- Giancarlo Esposito, so a lot of people are already familiar with him as as Gus Fring. I am not Gus but Fring. It didn't take long for this guy to make an impression on me. Like he's he's menacing in a he's in the, such a good actor. Yeah, like he's just he's got that calm, cool, collected thing about him that just makes him so scary as a villain. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's just got that down. It's amazing. Well, and, and you he, like again, like like Maria had said, like he's killing his own guys off screen. Like we hear that he's just for interrupting them, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's a very Darth Vader thing to do. You know, and, and it's true. You stick him in that black armor and with the cape, and oh you give God, him the, you give up. him the dark saber, right? Yes. Oh my goodness! Like that was what the hell? Where did that come from? But like, I, you know, I'm not not to say that this guy is on the level with Vader, but black suit, killing his own guys, cape, dark saber. There's a lot of Vaderish characteristics about him. And I think he's going to be like a really fascinating, intimidating villain in, in season two. I can't wait to see that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, uh, with with him and the Darksaber, it means he got it from Bo-Katan at some point, po- in, like post-Rebels. Because that, that Sabine gave it to Bo-Katan, and we haven't, hadn't seen it since until this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to find out what happens there. How how did Gideon get it away from Bo-Katan? Yeah, it, which I think t- you know, it, it's a huge tease of the the uh, the widening of the scope of the story that we're going to get in episode in season two. Like, no way they're not going to explore this. I I can't wait to see it. And for, like, I know Katie Sackhoff has played coy about whether or not she was going to come back as Bo-Katan. But I, for sure, she is. I have, I have no doubt. So yeah, that looks, that looks really awesome to me. Um, what else? Do you, what else have you got for episode eight, Marie? Hmm. Did we hit? Did we hit everything? Oh. Oh, uh, the the whole. So when he was talking to the when the Mando was talking to the armorer, and she basically said. Your job now is to find where he comes from and take him back to his people. So I feel like they kind of made a promise to us to explore the unknown species. Yep. And potentially even have a planet of Yodas. Can you even imagine? I'm so excited. I can't (laughs) wait. (laughs) So... I thought that was really interesting, the way they set that up. I mean, that essentially seems like that's going to be the thrust of second season. That's that's the Mando's new mission, right? He, he kind of declares yeah. that, I've got, I've got something to do first. Yeah. So that's got to be his goal, chief goal for, for season two, is to get the baby home, wherever that might be. How he finds it, I have no idea. Like, that's... The baby. That's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Um. Kara Cynthia Dune of Alderaan. 
Alderaan. That's pretty cool. I thought I mean so it's, it's a it's a throwaway thing, but just hearing that she's an Alderanian survivor, I thought that was pretty rad. Yeah. I thought that was rad too. That's, I love her character so much. Me too. And at some I love point, the actress as well. Yeah, she's 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 been pretty damn good. You know, people a lot a lot of people were like afraid or trepidatious about what Gina Carano would how she would act in the role. I thought she's great. I thought she's done really, really well. And just her, her yeah. strength and her physicality has been one of the great things about this season. Like it's just so seamless and authentic because she's literally that like, strong. It's been like a surprise, but like a really wonderful one. Yep. She's been, she's been great. I I hope we see a lot more of her uh, in season two. Um, one of the things I thought was odd. So back in episode six, they teased. First of all, we, we got robbed of more Fennec Shand and, and Ming-Na Wen. But <laughs> like there was some character sort of hovering over her maybe dead body. Yeah. And like we, that, mm-hmm. that's, that is still a, a thing that is happened unresolved. What happened there? Who is that person? So I guess yeah. they'll pick that back up What's in season two, but that's a long time from now. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that was like kind of a surprise that they like didn't at least like even just call back that he's like still out there waiting in the wings or something. Like like they didn't even do that. And just like, oh, what we they like completely forgot about him, kind of like Bran in like season five of Game of Thrones, and then he became like the Night King. Yeah. So, or not the Night King, the Iron Throne person at the end, whatever. You know. That's stupid. No one remembered that he like literally disappeared for all of season five. And then like he became the most important person. Like it's just casual, you know, like sometimes there's these like huge plot holes and they just like don't matter. Distract us with something else. Uh, but yeah. something, something that was interesting. So Deadline uh, in a piece this weekend, uh, they, they said that they've they'd heard from insiders that several established characters from the Skywalker saga will appear in season two. Oh, wow. And I, I, I just found this out like maybe 15, 20 minutes before we recorded here tonight. So obviously I haven't had a time to devote too much thought to this. I have no idea who that, who that might be. Do we, do we care to speculate that, that this, I know I'm just throwing <laughs> this at you right now, but when they say characters do from the Sky, think- Skywalker saga in season two, what, what what are they going to do? What could this be? Do you huh. think the Lando Janna stuff is going to be on Mandalorian season two? I wonder if it could be Lando. I mean, I don't, I would, but I don't think Janna Janna's not born, born yet. yet. Yeah. She wouldn't be born just yet. Cause we're only about right. three to five years post return of the Jedi, but she'd be close to being born. You know, she could be. I mean, if there's a time jump, she could, she could be a baby. That is, that is, yeah. that is possible. Mm. But then, uh, could they? Could, I mean, could they bring back? Uh, could this sort of be like the the quasi sequel to Solo? Like, could they bring back Donald Glover? Helen. Or, Ooh, like or, or Aaron Reich. Or is it like loophole? And if if we're locked into when they say Skywalker saga, you know, I think we maybe we get locked into episodes one through six. 
But what mm-hmm. if they actually mean uh, Kira? <gasps> Ooh, that would be awesome. Which also makes sense, right? I mean, she's technically part of the Skywalker saga, at least from that era. Yeah. So it could be her. But from mm-hmm. like Marie, anybody from the movies that makes sense to you? Um, I mean, uh, the only thing Lando is the one that came to mind. Um, of course, they like to throw C three PO and R two D two around, but I don't know what that would look like. So <laughs> I think that would be kind of odd. Yeah, like I don't think they would go too close to Han, Luke, or Leia. I don't think they'd recast or or CG it or try to any kind of de-aging tricks. I don't think they would do that. Yeah. But, I mean, I think people right now are, are listening or screaming at us about Boba Fett and, and just, like, classic bounty hunters. Uh-huh. Dengar, Bosk, right. all those, all those uh-huh. bounty that's hunters. That's true. Yeah. I think that's an easy grab. But as far as established characters, I'm drawing blanks at this at this point. I don't know who it could be. Maybe it's... Early stage Snoke stuff, because we we have been we were promised origin of First Order stuff, which never came. So maybe it's yeah. it's something to do with Snoke, or maybe it's lingering Palpatine stuff. Mm. That seems odd, an odd fit for for the Mandalorian, but you never know. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what to think, but just just saying those words. Established characters from the Skywalker saga that that's got me really excited, as if I needed to be more excited mm-hmm. for for Mandalorian season two. Yeah, and we still don't know why they want the baby. The baby, right? We still, yeah, absolutely. We still have no idea, absolutely no idea what what they want with him. It's yeah. I mean, <laughs> My thoughts on that haven't changed. I'm still sort of under the impression that it's some sort of trick to bring Palpatine back or for Sith Troopers. But yeah, Sith Troopers are just regular Stormtroopers, so scratch that. Yeah. I don't know. I got nothing, <laughs> which is fine. Um, I like having <laughs> nothing because when I get the story, it I, I'll be surprised. Right. All right, anything else before we close up shop for the night? Maybe we should just leave off. Let's, let's, because this is our last episode of 2019. Um, maybe let's just sum up our thoughts because uh, we're kind of, we're at the end of a decade, the end of, really the end of a, of an era in Star Wars under the Disney ownership. This is sort of like phase one, come to a close. Yeah. And I think it's been, it's been, great i think it's been obviously game changing for star wars and star wars fans that we were even here at all <laughs> right like we who would have expected this 10 years ago yeah not yeah. me <clears throat> no like who if, again I, I say this kind of every week but if i had told you a year ago that we'd have a star wars series with uh bill burr and jason sudeikis and amy sedaris and a, a baby yoda <sighs> creature Baby Yoda. Uh, Horatio Sands. Like, all these crazy characters in a Star Wars show, and it would all be game-changing stuff on on Disney+. Plus. Like, you'd say I'm on crack. <laughs> but it's it's doing so well, and I can't wait to see where it goes. And 
the the next decade of Star Wars is obviously an important one, but like the, it's it's wide open. They can do yeah. anything, and I really hope that you know, we're going to get in January. We're of course we're going to learn Project Luminous, but we're also supposed to get announcements of what the next movie will be and who's taking mm. it. So I hope that uh, I hope we get a good sense of the direction they'll be taking. But yeah, I'm 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 super grateful that we're even here at all. Like this past five years under Star Wars has been fantastic. It's from a personal standpoint, it's it's brought me to you both and the, our wider community and the yeah. fandom. It's it's been fantastic. And so, uh, thank you for all for a great 2019. And and I'm looking forward to the next decade. Yeah. Woo. All right, everybody. So that's going to do it for this week. If you want to be a part of the podcast, you can send your questions, your comments to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. And you can also, if you if you want to help us out, share this podcast with your friends on social media, even the protein-based forms of your friends who aren't on social media. If they like Star Wars, maybe give, a, give us a plug there too. Um, you can leave us a review on iTunes. And if you're feeling real crazy... You can become a powerful friend on Patreon and support us that way, and you'll get uh, exclusive and early access ad-free podcasts. Uh, you can learn more about that at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. And a shout-out to our good friend Rob Wade at Talk Star Wars for endorsing this episode of Tumbling Saber and all episodes as part of his E14 Endorse program, which you can learn more about at his great and fabled emotionally14.com. Great content going on there all the time. Lots of cool podcasts being endorsed with E14. So I encourage you to go check it out and have a good time there. Tell them, tell them we sent you. And be sure, finally, to check out our friends at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. We've got a bunch of great shows. Everybody dissecting what's going on in Star Wars right now and in their own way. You can check that out, what everybody's doing at StarWarsCommonwealth.com. That's our home base on the web. And you can also check us out on iTunes as a podcast provider. Just look up Star Wars Commonwealth and it will all be listed there. All right. So with all that out of the way, Marie, where can we find you on social media? You can find me at Alia Morgan on Twitter. Um, I also have a Star Wars review blog at, uh, oh gosh, the Star Wars review.blogspot.com uh, where I review two to three times a week pretty much everything that can be reviewed. Um, and then I also write reviews and some other articles for beyond the Awesome. Post, post your reviews in our Facebook group. Okay. Yeah. Pl- plug your stuff. Go for it. It's good stuff. People should be reading it. Yay. Um, Michelle, where do we find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at tediously underscore brief. And you can find my bookstagram where I talk about books and comics and all of those things over on Instagram at Traveling Book Nerds, which is all one word. And um, in the new year, I'm going to be starting an, uh, a podcast about a Japanese Netflix reality show called Terrace House, um, which uh, you can watch on Netflix if you want to listen to that, um, we're going to just talk about like, you know, people in their twenties and thirties, like trying to, you know, live their dreams and find love and stuff and, uh, talk about like cultural differences between Japan and America and, um, yeah, just fun stuff. I'm glad glad to hear um, that you're taking the podcasting plunge. 
I've, I've always yeah, felt that you so... love to do this and I, I'm, I think you're going to do really well with it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm going to try to do like a segment in Japanese as well. So um, that should be fun. Um, I kind of want to, I haven't decided if I'm going to do like mini sods in Japanese um, and like have my mom do like a little like thing on it. I was gonna, um, I was going to ask, is your mom going to get involved? Um, yeah, she said she would like, I was like, you should watch the episode and then you can like give a one sentence review. And I was like, that's, <laughs> I feel like that's just enough that she would be like wanting to get involved. Um, and it would be like enough for her, but I feel like watching it is just like a lot. So I was just like, mom, would you like be open to doing it? And she's like, well, maybe and I was like, okay. Um, but, uh, Eve from, um, unmistakably star Wars might like come and do some episodes with me. Um, if she, you know, I told, she was like, I might not like it. And I was like, no, it's okay. Like, it'll be good to have like a counterpoint. Um, so we might do that. And so that's going to be called terrorist, terrorist out. Um, and so you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at, terrorist out that's t-e-r-r-a-c-e-d-o-u-t terrorist out um, just just put it in yeah. your bio anyway it's in my bio already in my twitter so if you find me on twitter at tdsly underscore brief like you can follow us and then um when we start dropping our episodes in the new year um, you can follow us along and yeah, you can watch the episodes along. We'll just do one episode a week, um, of the new season, uh, which is Tokyo 2019, 2020. So, um, if you want to watch Terrace House, like go ahead and watch it. Um, since, you know, we won't have Star Wars for a while and you need like a palate cleanser in between, you know, your Star Wars viewings, highly recommend Terrace House if you like subtitles, but yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> very cool uh, you can find me yeah. at tumbling saber on twitter and on instagram and uh, again i encourage you all if you if you're on facebook and you're not yet in our tumbling saber closed facebook group come join us there we are it's a very active little little group where you know where it's a, it's a tight-knit little group uh, we encourage you to come join us and and hang out there there's no nonsense if you're fed up of the nonsense going on on twitter come jump into the facebook group it is it's a lot of fun it's a very friendly little group and we'd love to see you there uh, so that's it, everybody. Uh, again, just want to wish you all a very happy new year. Be safe. Have fun with your friends and family. Enjoy ringing in 2020. And we'll see you on the other side. So until then, may the force be with you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Static draws me closer to your place willing me through my dreams fall away signs blindly to the lines on your face beating strong drifting
not breathing If only to see you next to me Sleeping Soundly Smiling Not really this dream Over And over Are you running away? 